On second and ten. Bob is back. Foot this time. QT's all alone. It's a Texas Tech touchdown. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is. Welcome to the good life. You're welcome. You're all welcome. Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I could not be more excited for this episode. Before we jump in, just a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel and features the revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has a ton of other cool features as well. In addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automatic contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com and a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code DD to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Okay, guys, listen. This player is exciting, and the person I'm talking to is about as good as it gets. We're, we're going to bring in Sigmund Bloom of Football Guys. You can follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, and we're going to talk Kiki Cutie. Or Cootie, or sorry, Cutie. Whichever way you want to pronounce his name. Sigmund, how are we doing today? Oh, great. This is such a stimulating time of year. All of us get a chance to geek out together, and there's we all come out of the woodwork that think about this too much, obsess about it, and get to trade notes and... and fill in each other's understanding and i i just love this show I, the, the lineup of people that you've gotten on it the way that it's fleshed out i think a lot of people learning about new draft analysts and learning about players and it really b- will be evergreen content because uh, you know Ki- kiki cutie one of the reasons that i wanted to talk about him and i love that you 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 know I, I, i'm sure this is one of your secrets i'm giving away that you know we talk before we go on the show who do you want to talk about because you're going to get the best content out of somebody when it's someone they want to talk about or somebody they have something that they think they can add to the conversation that might not be out there but i, I think this is perfect perfect timing if you're listening to this you know close to when we recorded it because marquise goodwin just got that uh, extension from the 49ers and we were talking before we went on the air about assumption of rational coaching and using players in, in a way that they will flourish and i'm not sure that t- Texas did that with Goodwin. I think the injuries in some ways kept Buffalo from doing that. Maybe the offense kept Buffalo from doing that. And then you saw last year, especially when Jimmy Garoppolo became the quarterback, just what Goodwin had to offer. And I think they're similar players. And so I think it's a good moment to talk about uh, Cutie. And, uh, you know, I think he's a player that because this wide receiver class is so deep, He's not getting the attention that he deserves, but he's a name people are going to come to know. I agree with you 100%. I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy that was a dominant player in college football this past year. I mean, he had 93 receptions for 1,429 yards, averaging 15.4 yards per catch with 10 touchdowns. He also had 13 returns on the season, or 16 returns in his career, one of which was for a touchdown. And this stat nugget from uh, the PFF draft guy, which blew my mind, was that he ranked 8th in the nation with 542 yards on deep passing, despite tying for 114th with only 18 deep targets. So just to bring up one of his strengths about how explosive of a playmaker he is, when you watch his film, what gets you most excited about him? It is that acceleration. And 
I don't care what his time speed is. You know, th- this is we can go off on a tangent, any number of tangents. One of these tangents, okay, he ran a four four three. I don't care. I, I mean, if he would have ran a four three five or four four nine, we got to remember that forty time also measures forty technique, uh, and that isn't how players are running. Uh, you can watch him, and one of the things you notice when he's reeling in those deep balls, he's most of the time slowing down for them. Uh, he's got room. Uh, you know, if, if it's somebody like you know Joe Flacco or Carson Wentz or, or whoever, uh, Pat Mahomes, you know, throwing the ball to him, that can really uh, he, there's an extra gear or there's extra speed to burn that he's not even using to get these balls. Um, and usually, you also see that the even while he's slowing down, the defensive back is still in chase mode. It's almost like he's fielding a punt sometimes. Uh, and then you also see it on the angles that tacklers take uh, when he has short catches and he's doing things after the catch. His speed is something that his opponents can't handle. And more than a timed speed or any production statistics, when you see that, I I feel like that's when you know it's going to translate. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like he ran slow. I mean, 4-4-3 is fast. I agree that 40 times aren't everything. When you see him play and no one ever catches him and all he does is run by people, that's probably a pretty good sign that he's fast. I think your point about being a vertical threat is really important because we'll get to his weaknesses in a minute. But I think basically one of the things that people are going to knock him for is his size and they're going to put him in the slot. And get being able to get vertical in the slot is a huge deal in the NFL. I mean, there's not that many guys that do it. He can win underneath. Like, he's comfortable catching the ball in traffic. He's... He doesn't have a great catch radius because of his size, but he's willing to catch the ball in traffic. He can extend his hands. He's got strong hands. He had less than a 6% drop rate. I mean, these are all things that are are great for a slot receiver. Probably needs to develop some of his routes, but the routes that he ran were successful. He was really good at settling into a zone. And his his run-after catch ability, I mean, they would throw home these bubble screens, and he would make, like, three people miss. He can run through contact. Like He he almost looks like a running, like a scat back kind of sometimes with the ball in his hand. But his ability to get vertical is huge. And you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. When you watch his... What sophomore year tape with Mahomes? Yes, he he doesn't have to stop. No, <laughs> it's just it's just big play after big play. And I listen, you're gonna knock him a little bit, possibly because it's the Big Twelve, and say you know there are a lot of receivers that make plays in the Big Twelve. I mean, he's I feel like he's your prototypical slot receiver with the added dimension of bringing a vertical threat, which makes him a very unique and dangerous player in today's NFL. Well, yeah, and I, I love a lot of things you touched on here. Um, vertical speed from a tactical value because you know i would take kiki i would take uh cutie over dj chart straight up you know like if i had to take a vertical threat in the second round and i was choosing between the two of them now i know chark's got length but a lot of his length is squandered by subpar ball skills and i think when a guy doesn't play the ball naturally in college he's not going to play the ball naturally in uh in the pros it's not something that gets better as the game speeds up and your opponents get more skilled um but cuties you said he can play the ball in the air he's small but there's plenty of precedent for small deep threats i mean and he doesn't quite have the combativeness of steve smith but he's tough-minded as as marquise goodwin was you know i saw plays marquise goodwin made at texas where he was the up back the blocking back on kickoffs at times and you just see that uh, you know he's not afraid of contact he's not overwhelmed by contact even though he's small he said he can run through contact he can elude players but but he also doesn't shy away from those situations he will win the ball in the air even though obviously you know uh, kind of like tyler lockett uh at kansas state you know obviously there are some balls he's not going to get to because his catch rate is smaller longer corners who can hang with him athletically might be able to win at the catch point but 
there's plenty of precedent. Um, T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, the, it, I'm not worried. And you know, maybe, and, and, and maybe you know, if you want to do like a, a downside comparison, um, and this is where we were talking about rational coaching. You know, maybe Tavon Austin or someone like that. Um, I would argue about how he's been used. But my point is that when you have this, the speed plus toughness plus uh, uh, being able to go up and make the catch, you know, he doesn't just need to have the ball drop into the basket for him to be able to make a deep play. But you mentioned a few other things about his use as a slot. I think the NFL is waking up now to the value of slot receivers, although Jar- Jarvis Landry is not going to get paid. He doesn't have the vertical threat, right? But he, So he might not get paid like an outside receiver. One of the things I really like about QD that you see where Texas Tech, and this is one of the points where college concepts and playbooks and pro concepts and playbooks are starting to overlap where you'll see him lined up in the backfield. Like you said, like a running back. And I, I, I want to give him some touches on jet sweeps. I want to give him some touches uh, on, you know, it's just a, a, a flare or a screen out of the backfield. But then you also have the way that teams are using motion and moving personnel around before the snap to create mismatches. And I like that we already see a clue what a text tech can do with that. Another thing I want to address that you touched on is that while you, you see, and I, I think he does show proficiency understanding soft spots in his zone and sitting down on his own. You don't see him beating man coverage a lot. You don't necessarily see a lot of the shorter parts of the route tree examples you can point to, but you see the footwork, you see the flexibility, um, you see the change of speeds, uh, natural ability to change speeds, intuitive ability to do that. That I, I think he'll he'll come along the same way that Marquise Goodwin has. And those, those were some of the same holes in Marquise Goodwin's film in Texas, you know, again, Big 12. But I see the traits there and the play speed, both prior processor speed and physical speed to think that he's going to be able to take to enough of that because uh, he's not his speed is going to be what teams have to respect first and foremost which is going to give him a lot of room to work yeah absolutely so I, I want to address a couple things you just said one is that you talked about comparing him to dj shark and you said how cutie was basically had to catch some of these deep balls like punts and i was talking about on sharks podcast how he catches them like punts as well but I think it's very different. Cutie has to wait for the ball to come to him. Shark can't track it, and then he lets it completely get into his body. So I just wanted to address that Absolutely. difference there. Like, like Cutie has very good ball skills and tracking skills, and you know he 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 does a pretty good job of creating a separation, not only with his speed but with his body control at the catch point, which I like. And then you, you talked about his route running. I th- I agree with you that I mean I mentioned the point about the zone. I agree with you with man coverage, but I think it's one of the reasons that he's going to be put in the slot is for that initial clean release and his quickness and foot speed and lateral agility combined with his ability to accelerate and hit the deep speed, I think will translate into a very successful underneath route runner. Do you have any concerns when you watch this game? Sometimes uh, you will see him in situations where he could sink his hips and it isn't that he can't do it. He just doesn't do it on the fly where he'll, he'll throttle down and, and stutter step instead of this is where he doesn't necessarily resemble a running back and where someone like DJ Moore, who, and I think, I think that cutie blows more away in a foot race, by the way, I am not sure that DJ Moore is going to be a true NFL deep threat uh, that can separate deep the way that cutie can or the way that chart can, um, you know, where you see DJ, DJ Moore, I was shocked. I really was surprised that he measured like a truly surprising things at the combine. I never would have guessed he was six feet because he looks like he's built with that low center of gravity and, and, and thick thighs like a running back so that it's really easy for him to sink his hips both in his routes at the route stem to leave a, a defensive back like a half beat behind 
And that's, again, something where I think that QD's shown the physical ability to do that, but being able to do that to elude a player in space or do that functionally to sell the route stem is not something you see a lot. Um, and it is something that, we, I think something we like to do for players that we like is say, oh, he'll learn that. you know. And for players that we don't like, we'll say, well, that's a problem and that's something that's going to be a flaw. So I don't want to just gloss over that. you know. And, and then... I, I do think that as you go up this, I mean, this is something else that I had a concern speaking about DJ Moore is as, as you go up in quality and athleticism and play skills and ath athletic prototypes, as far as length and, and, and fluidity, you know, there are going to be more players in, in than there were in the big 12 that get, that can hang with him. But I do think that we're going to see, you know, in the NFL with the, the chips and the pads, like to like the top speed, you know, I think we're going to see him like weekly, uh, uh, like Tyreek Hill kind of speed. Um, not, and, and, and there are plenty of players like James Washington that you can see he's making a lot of plays downfield in the big 12, but those same defensive backs are, he's making, he's showing, you know, with James Washington, we'd be talking about his ability to shield the defender uh, when the ball's in flight and, and create that cylinder for the ball to come down where only he can get it and then make that valid play on the ball because he has to, they're not always contested balls, but they're balls he has to make, create functional space for to catch. Um, so obviously Cutie's going against those same guys and leaving them five yards behind him. I think that's going to make it so some of his weaknesses are things that still he probably won't have to address as much as some other players. Yeah, and this goes back to coaching as well. I mean, if you get a slot receiver or a guy you can move around in the backfield, you should be able to create for him to get easier matchups because if you get him on safeties and linebackers, he's going he's gonna to blow by them. So I, I think that's one way that can help. I agree that his route running isn't developed. So I think that's a great point where when you like a guy, you try to say – I think he can develop in this area. When you don't like a guy, you're kind of like, well, this is a major flaw. So it, that that becomes a tricky thing. I just think that basically quickness, foot speed, and long speed helps the possibility of him being able to do that. Well, and just to address that directly, like, and let's say if he just remains what he is, you know, running go routes and, and getting him the ball in space and allowing him to create, that's fine. I mean, he's going to give you return on a second or third round pick if that's what he does. It's just that he has the ability to do a lot more, too. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And obviously, the major knock is for him with teams is going to be his size. He's 5'9 and 3 quarters, 181 pounds. His wingspan, arm length, and hand size are all 4 percentile or less. I, th I think it's one of those things where it's like Ryan Switzer last year where everybody loved him, but people are like, well, his size is the issue. And it's for me, it's like I already know his size is the issue. It's not It's not nearly as big of a deal for me because, again, I'm not asking him to go be my ex receiver and win down the field and contest a catch situation. So that if his size doesn't really impact his game as much for me as, as some people are holding it against him. No, well, and I think the NFL is continuing to evolve in this way, right? I mean, I mentioned Marquise Goodwin, um, uh, you know, T again, T Y Hilton. I mean, how, how much smaller than Tyreek Hill is cutie? I mean, you know, he was 5'10", 185. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, uh, I mean, who was considered just too small. You're like, oh, I love his raw quicks and skills and, and his speed, but he's just too small. I think the NFL, because they're spreading out the field, because there's more of the college playbook, there's too small at wide receiver. You know, Deontay Burnett, is, I mean, he's going to translate, even though he doesn't have QD speed. I, I think too small wide receiver. So one of the things that the NFL is evolving are these thresholds, right? And I think some of the old school NFL, you know, hand size for a quarterback or arm length for an offensive tackle or, you know, some of these things where you just draw a big red line through them and say, oh, you know, well, you can quarterback under six feet, just take them off the board. I think the NFL is uh, wising up 
just that's too rigid of a way to think about it. But also, as you said, what am I going to ask him to do? Does it matter that he's not 6'2", 220? No, it doesn't matter at all. I like you. You make sense. And I, I agree with you so much. I, the amount of time people spend arguing about an inch of arm length to me blows my mind. I mean, I, I don't know how much these men are just self-conscious continuing to argue about one inch, but... Well, it's the way the guy before you did it. And right. I think No, that, I get it. But like evolve, right? That's any right. anything is the look at the Rams right now, and we're getting a little off topic with Cutie, but the these teams that are succeeding are beating the other teams to thinking more analytically, more advanced, more new age, more we're gonna add in trading, we're gonna add in uh, RPOs, we're gonna bring college aspects to their offense. These are the teams that are taking serious strides in the NFL because they're not thinking just the old way and they're trying to incorporate new age thinking. So before we talk about that for two and a half hours, because I'm sure we could, you, you've mentioned a bunch of players, but when you watch his game, is there someone he reminds you of? I, I would say, I mean, T.Y. Hilton is a is a ceiling kind of player for him. Um, and maybe, maybe Taylor Gabriel is, is more of a mean outcome for him. Um, but I, I think that the, the important thing is that whatever his stats are, and whatever, however, you know, if he only plays in three wide sets or, or what have you, the tactical value, believe me, defensive coordinators, when they're preparing to play whatever team he's on, are have to account for him. You have to account for him. And that creates space. I mean, why we care about these guys with stretch the field speed, because that creates space that you know causes a safety to have to to have his attention divided or play further off the line that creates space for the running game that when you're having and i was talking to eric galco on my show um and he's saying that nfl starting to wake up to the idea that your play caller is more important than your quarterback or as important as your quarterback and you see in some of these play designs what what it gives you is something to leverage in a play design when you know that cutie speed whether you're actually intending on targeting him or not it creates something that you then use to design plays to create something open underneath or even just bringing him across the formation on jet sweeps that has tactical value even if he doesn't touch the ball and it creates and how, you know, how many teams can we think of that need that element? You know, Carolina needs that element. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see about Taewon Taylor. I mean, t- Tennessee could use that element. Uh, and I, I think Taylor could pan out just fine. You know, Taewon Taylor's a, a sort of similar player. and Maybe he'll fall about at the same point of the draft. Although Taylor didn't have quite the separation speed, but playing bigger than his size at the catch point and things like that. Yeah. I, so, I, I agree with you there. And it's just, when I, when I think about his uh, player comp, to me, I think he's almost like Jakeem Grant, uh, Tyree Kill. Sure. Kind of – because you mentioned those jet sweeps. You can get so creative with them. Obviously, Hill plays a lot more on the outside, and I don't know if he has quite that level of quickness that Hill does, and Hill has that elite speed. But, again, I think you're right with uh, Cutie about his deep speed is better than four four three. And I've heard some people say, you know, what does he have other than deep speed and ball tracking ability and quickness? And I'm like, that's terrific. Um, that's plenty. That's plenty. <laughs> that's well, and toughness and toughness. Right. And yeah. I really and, and it just I, I, yeah, I'm all about tangents. I live my life on a tangent of a tangent of a tangent. <laughs> but but I, you know one of the things that I think is I, I would love to see you as all everyone that does what we do and and when you're ba- taking notes because one of the things I think that we uh, underestimate no matter the position except for maybe punter and kicker or something is toughness. Is, and it's not something you can quantify. You can't test it. But toughness is often the difference between a player being able to unlock and and 
provide value for what they bring to the field and not being able to do that. And you see that in his game that, that, you know, whereas maybe someone like um, Dante Pettis and I'm not hey Dante Pettis has a lot to offer. I want to see him work out at a pro day so we can see how he measures up. Um, but he's a finesse player. You know, he can be influenced too much by physical play. And I, I think that if you got ball skills and you got speed and you got quickness and you're tough, then that's going to, have an effect on the outcome of the game yeah that, that to me that means that he's going to contribute in the nfl i don't know if he's going to be a superstar but and i don't think that's what we're saying but he's going to have a role in the nfl mental and physical toughness is so important to be a professional athlete especially in the game of football i was interviewing uh, heath harding who's a cornerback from miami of ohio and i asked him what the most important thing about playing cornerback was and he said confidence and i i really do believe that you're it's that the game is so mental and we don't like to evaluate that and i'm going to ask you about his ideal landing spot here in a second but the player i love and i always joke that i have to talk about deshaun watson once on every podcast even though it doesn't involve him is that his mental toughness is so strong and so i'm going to lead with my ideal landing spot and i want him to go to the houston texans and be that slot guy and kind of create more vertical and underneath threats and that offense could just be so fun or the kansas city chiefs and he kind of kicks into that slot role and allows patrick mahomes to have another vertical threat where would you like to see him go in terms of his best possible outcome? Yeah, and I love, by the way, I, I want to give a nod to you first by not just automatically slotting him because it'd be easy to say like Carolina, although Curtis Samuel could still pan out. You know, it'd be easy to say a team like Carolina because they th- there's a need there. Cam Newton needs that that Ted Ginn uh speed threat and if they ever decide to be creative on offense they need that element uh, but i like that y- your idea is um was it owen reese someone was saying and this is something philosophically i've been in a line with for a while is strengthening a strength can be better than strengthening a weakness and when you look at teams that win super bowls it's because they they ask whether it's on offense or defense they ask the opponent questions that they can't answer you know there's just they put them in binds it's almost like a wrestling hold where you know i've, I've got it so you can't wriggle out of this you can try to escape this way and then i'm going to get you this way you can try to escape this way but i've got that covered so the idea of pairing cutie up with hill and, and reuniting him with his college quarterback uh that's that's just beautiful or or otherwise you know doubling up on speed um but i do think that uh we want him to be in uh, a forward-looking offense. So, um, you know, the Rams, Chicago. I think from a from a fantasy standpoint, uh, of course, I'm always going to bring fantasy in here. You know, they're just that gaping, wide-open hole in Baltimore. For I mean, I, who is going to even play wide receiver? You, if you're not busy this year, can you play wide receiver for them? Uh, the, the, he, he could be that guy that gets, you know, I... I 20 to 25 like you know a two or three deep shots a game by design and then you basically can have him be almost a foundational player because of the openings there and i think he i think he can he'll i think the team that drafts him will have a plan for him and then pretty quickly see that he can do more than they expected and uh i so really this is the kind of player that um it, unless we're talking about a quarterback, you know, unless like Bruce Gadkowski, and who's doing some nice stuff adding to the draft conversations, I don't want to take his name in vain, you know. But unless you just have a quarterback whose arm, like Andy Dalton, you know, I wouldn't want him to be in Cincinnati. Like I wouldn't want him to be with a quarterback whose uh, deep arm and anticipation on deep throws makes it difficult to harness what he has. But uh, there's a lot, a lot of ideal teams. But I love that you went to putting him with somebody else who has that kind of speed to threaten the defense because then you put defenses in binds that they just can't answer. 
the strength of the strength is always something I've talked a lot about. Is that if if let's just take Houston for example, if you have Will Fuller, Kiki Cutie, and DeAndre Hopkins, you you have to have safeties over the top to help on Fuller and Cutie. And then what are you going to do with DeAndre Hopkins? And same thing with Hill and Cutie. Is and then you don't want the thing about those teams is if you add in Travis Kelsey and DeAndre Hopkins is like they have guys that can work underneath and win contested catch situations as well so it's not just only vertical threats it just it just creates a situation where the defense is always going to be tested and always going to be vulnerable to huge plays so I, I love your call and I, again I agree with your other point is that he could basically play on any team and be successful slot receivers in in general there's a lot of teams that could use a, a deep threat at slot receiver and Baltimore is probably his ideal landing spot for fantasy because they they have a ton of targets to go around they don't have any deep threats Flacco's got a big arm and he's not scared to take a shot down the field so I, I like that call as well Sigmund I just want to thank you for coming on man I, I, I absolutely love your stuff why don't you tell the people where they can find you yeah you know football guys um, at Sigmund Bloom and we go year round I mean obviously heavy deep fantasy once we get to July but um, we just love football I mean we just the first thing we're thinking about when we wake up last thing when we fall asleep and and the the football gives us more than enough to think about and what an off season already. And I could do, I could do this every day. You know, we could just wake up over our morning coffee. Like, who do you want to talk about today? And, and you're doing a fantastic job. The draft world continues to spread its wings and add so many intelligent, talented, motivated people. And I'm just glad that I started doing this a while ago so I can fit in because I don't know if that I'd measure up now. So I'm, I'm glad that I have a spot. You would 110% measure up, Sigmund. You're, you're, you're the man. And it's funny you mentioned that. Wake up, go to sleep, all that stuff. All you want to do is talk football. I've been getting yelled at by my girlfriend the last couple of nights because I'm talking about prospects of the film I watched on tape in my sleep. And she's like, you got you to gotta stop telling me about these prospects. So I'm with you on morning, noon, night. I mean, apparently in my right. sleep too. Right. Just uh, take a vacation in late June and early July. Like the, go to the beach like the rest of the league does. We're, we're going to Italy the week after the draft. Oh, so there you go. Nice. That's, that's per- exactly. Right after the draft. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Yes. So I get my draft post-draft content in and then I kind of get to decompress and she gets – all my attention again until I get back and then start focusing on getting ready for the season. Guys, he's Sigmund Bloom. I'm Elliot Christ. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Christ. You're listening to the Draft Daily Podcast. You can listen in on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Leave us a rating, review, share, subscribe. All that stuff really helps, guys. Uh, we really appreciate listening as always. Thank you. Instead of more top and them countless bread Sitting in the mansion, could have been in the feds Drop top, even with a press on my head Whoa, it's no roof so they can see me shine No roof so they can see me shine Only a matter of time Was dedicated, put it